Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Our Take On It. It's your girl, Deborah and Jackie, and we're in the studio once again. And it's such a beautiful afternoon. It's very hot and humid, but you know what? We love this kind of weather. And today we're going to discuss who are you when no one is watching? Jackie, that is such a powerful question. You know, It is very powerful. And we're, we're going to add the other aspect of that, Deb, is are you someone who judges others? Yes. When you yourself don't perhaps live up to certain standards of behavior. Oh, and we're also guilty of that. But, you know, I love what James said. And we're going to read from James chapter 1, verse 19 to 27. And Jackie, you're going to start up by reading verse 19 to 22 for us. And I'll continue with the rest. Okay. Understanding this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Absolutely. And verse 23 continue by saying, For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion is the sight of God the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Wow. There's a lot packed into that. That's, I, I love it. It's really good. It's, it's very, very concise. And I think we can ask ourselves three questions right off the bat before mm -hmm. we delve into the issue. And, well, not even questions, actually make some statements that you should never be ashamed of Jesus. You should never be ashamed to talk about him anytime, anywhere. You know, among your close friends, if you're providing assistance or help to someone, never be ashamed of the fact that you're somebody who believes in God's word mm -hmm. and you let it be a guiding force in your life. The next thing is that once you know what God's word says and the value of it, you want to behave like him on the earth. And that means the way you, you treat yourself and the way you treat other people. These are foundational principles. And finally, if you get the opportunity, you know, without being somebody who is preaching uh, at random to others, but you genuinely want to counsel and encourage people, then you should try to do that by leading them to follow Jesus and understand his message because it has the power to transform lives. It does. It does. Now, one of the things, Jackie, that just from reading this, you know, when we talk too much and listen too little, we, we communicate to others that we think our ideas are much more important than, than theirs. And James wisely advised us to reverse this process because a lot of people are talkers, but they're not doers. And God said, be careful of that. If you're going to talk the talk, then you got to walk the walk. And so a lot of people in front of other people, they want to show this egotistical side of them, but behind closed doors, you know, there's somebody totally different. And so they do that kind of a code switching, you know, mm -hmm. but you can't, who are you hiding from? Really? You can hide from me. I may not know the true Jackie, but God does. And you do. Yes. And do you appear like people would appear to be all happy 
24-7. You see them smiling, smiling. Then they go home and cry their heart out every single night because they're hurting. And we don't know why they're hurting because they don't share that part of their life with us. That's very true that when you see them out there, as you say, they're so happy and there's so much hidden behind that smile, you know, mm -hmm. that is painful and it, it, it represents loss, fear, anxiety, all these kind of things, but they mask it to go out in public to seem so uh, capable. And, and in many cases, people do have powerful positions. They are people that you are supposed to respect and hold in high esteem, but yet you really don't know what's going on inside of them and how broken they are. And sometimes people reach the point where it's unavoidably exposed if they suffer a breakdown or some kind of problem, but otherwise you would never really know the depths of their struggle. It's really hard yeah. to trust people these days, to mm -hmm. be honest with you, because they show you they're one person, but then behind closed doors, there's some, something else. Like for instance, I'm just going to use use my life as an example. When I was married to my ex-husband, you know, when we go out, everybody thought we were the most happiest couple ever. They, nobody knew we were fighting. Nobody knew there were problems. Nobody knew he was beating me. Nobody, nobody knew any of these things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then when they heard that we are getting a divorce, everybody was shocked. They said, we didn't know you guys had problems. Well, I'm not going to go out and tell everyone we're having problems, right? Yeah. So who are we as a married couple when no one was watching? We weren't good to each other. Yeah. We weren't good to each other. And as of just so many people, when I look at my life and I look at so many people, I don't let nothing fool me anymore. I don't like the fancy house because a house is not a home if it's broken. <laughs> so true. Okay. Yeah. So I don't let the fancy house or the fancy job or your status that you have fool me because I know we are all different behind closed doors you could be up there preaching about saving lives for to go to heaven to god but you go back home and beat your wife or sexually molest your children right on. you know there's yep. so many characters that we can see that it doesn't allow us to trust anymore we can't trust nothing that our eyes can't see yeah, it's very true. I mean, even in my own life, I had a very volatile relationship with my mother when I was a young person. And most people didn't know. As you say, even people who were close to me, when I would go out around family or, or friends, people thought I was very close to my mother. But in fact, it was highly combative for many years. And it caused me a lot of pain, which I basically suppressed and found other ways, you know, to kind of... Uh, cover my sadness, you know, by some of the habits I formed or different things. But I never really shared honestly with people, you know, the fact that there was such a separation between my mother and I, and that we had such issues that we would literally break mirrors, have very serious arguments with one another. There was a lot of verbal abuse, you mm -hmm. know, that went on, you know, and I know that's not uncommon. A lot of uh, teenagers fight with their parents. But whatever it is, you know, uh, my mother seemed like, such a perfect mother on the outside that nobody would even question the fact that she was, in my opinion, somewhat abusive to me. And she made me a much more angrier person to stand up to her, you know, and to do battle with her. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a struggle. So as you say, people don't see that, you know, they see you looking like you're reasonably well put together and reasonably well functioning, and they don't see the problems that are hidden behind there, you know? And when we talk about it after people are so astonished, Oh, I had no idea. I would never have guessed that exactly. was going on. Yeah, but exactly. it does. It does But it go does on. happen. Yes. I mean, when you think of, you know, celebrities who say that they're functional drug addict, you say, how can a drug addict be functional? You know, like Wendy Williams was very proud to say that she was a functional coke crackhead or whatever coke she take, you know? And I could see that. 
I could see because I could see her being functional, but I couldn't see the drug abuse behind of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so even like, you know, a lot of, uh, of these, um, celebrities or even these people of high status of being accused of sexual harassment. And we look at them and we're like, I can't see him doing that. But then he was a pedophile. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's so hard. But when we're talking about what James is saying here, you know, for if you look in the mirror and you take a look at yourself and you remove and that, you know, there's nothing inside of you that want to change that. You're just the same person and you don't want that. When you look in the mirror and you look at who you are and you look and you say, who am I? And you're able to admit to yourself, you know what? I am a broken, toxic person and I need to change that. And James is not just saying, just going in the mirror, look at yourself, walk away and don't transform. He's saying, you take a look at yourself in the mirror, look at who you are. And the next time you come back to the mirror, make sure you come back to a different person. Exactly. Yep. That means you're actually taking accountability and responsibility for the things that you know is not right. Like you can't show me a good face and then behind back, you show me a bad one. You know, it's like we have so many friends are like that. You know, they will talk nice to your face, smile with you to your face, and they have a, a knife ready to stab you in your back. <laughs> Who are you when no one is watching? I've seen that a lot too. And, and basically when it comes to... The things that James is talking about. I love it when he says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. I, uh, although I like to communicate and I enjoy talking and getting a message uh, out of myself, in a lot of cases, I do agree that sometimes my casual talking can just be because I want to be listened to. Mm -hmm. And that can be highly disrespectful of other people's opinion because I do sometimes talk over people that as they try to interject in a conversation, I kind of run them over with, what I want to continue discussing. And I don't take that breath or just stop out of respect for other people to say, well, what is your contribution? Mm -hmm. What would you like to add to this discussion? And I have to kind of rein myself in to realize that that is very important because it does come from the fact that I do like to have myself heard. And sometimes I don't really want to hear other people because it drowns it out. So I think his points are, are really, really well taken. And especially the slow to anger, because in a lot of cases, when we get angry, it's a very spontaneous thing. Oh. I, I know it is for me. I Something just gets my goat and I just jump and I get yeah. angry. And, and that anger is ill-focused. Sometimes it's not even thought out. It's just so impulsive and so reckless. Yeah. And you can't even bad slow down. Happen. Yes, yeah. you, you can't stop yourself from the spiral that comes out of the fact that you just have that, that sense of offense that gets you. And it's just this gut-wrenching, ooh, I am really upset, you know, and you make big mistakes. You, you make do. big mistakes when you're operating from that context. We do. And, and you know, the thing is like, I'm just going to say for me, what am I like when nobody's watching? One of the things that I'm not able to do, um, up front, but then after the situation, I kind of, I'm not very confrontational. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I could be, but I struggle with that in terms of, should I be confrontational? Is it good for me to be confrontational? I always think about that and I don't quite say what I want to say to someone 
at the time because I'm always thinking I don't want to hurt that person's feeling. But should I just go ahead and say it? But then that's what James is saying. Be slow to anger. Yes. So a lot of time I hold back. And a, a couple of my friends, they said to me, oh, that's what you should have said. You know, I would then say, you know what? I wanted to say this and I wanted to say that. I would say that after the fact. I wanted to say this. I wanted to say, why didn't you say it? I don't know. Well, next time you have the opportunity, don't lose the opportunity. Just say it. But I can't. Hmm. I just can't because it's not me. I guess it's not me. Like, I know I can talk about it after, but I can't do it right away. Well, maybe it's because you sincerely know it would hurt people. So it's you're really thinking of the other person, which means you do start out with good intentions. But sometimes if it weighs on you, then it becomes a burden for you because you probably should have gotten it off your chest yes. and then passed it on so that you can release it. So that just means that even though you're trying to protect people and you have genuinely good interests, it still causes you anguish if you're going over it in your head after the fact saying, well, I should have just spoken up. I should have said this. I should have resolved the situation. So it's like a double-edged sword, you know? Um, it, it's like, I, I love the phrase, iron sharpens iron, because I find that's what works in our relationship mm -hmm. as friends. Because where I am weak, you are much stronger than me. And in other cases, I have... I know I've changed certain aspects of you, which I won't go into in mm -hmm. detail, but I think I've definitely made you a person who thinks about a lot more things. I've made you more broad-based in your mm -hmm. thinking, and you have definitely taken on a much more sophisticated persona, if I do say so myself. Well, excuse and, and me. I, yes, and, you do. And, and, <laughs> and I do I do take credit for that, you know? But yeah, I, I see it in the way you, you think and, and the issues that you're interested in. And, and when you come back at me with arguments, I'm like, wow, Deb, that's really, really Really sharp you know you wouldn't have expressed that much of an interest in it before but you just go back and you you fill in the blanks a little bit more and it's genuinely done out of your own sense of interest you know well, you. nobody is pushing you in any direction you just come up with these new angles new ways of looking at things and I think it makes you more interesting and and it brings out uh, more intelligence on your part I, I think you always had a lot of intelligence but it just brings it to the forefront more like you're not uh you know, maybe fearful of showing your true intelligence, you do it with much greater ease. You well, know? I think you're absolutely right. Thing. You're yeah. you're forced to reckon with because yeah. when you speak, you speak with so much power and so much intelligence. Like, how could I not feed off of that? And and I mean, that is the kind of energy that I want to surround myself with. People who are able to articulate what they're saying. Um, I always say this from, from even just me and you becoming friends and we're just having conversation on a daily basis. I said, I may not be the most eloquent speaker, but I do know how to get my point across. Yeah, and, and that, that is something that I, I really truly manifest on my, on my own there because, you know, as you said, when we met, yeah, you were a little bit more dynamic in, in the topics that, I had no knowledge of like, I'm like, listen, you're a university graduate. I haven't been to university. What the hell you coming up with all these big words. I don't even know what they mean. So let's just dumb it down for the people like me who don't know. Yeah. But as I, as I listen to you and not only just listening to you, but just start reading more. It, it opens up that it arena. does. And it you does. know, for in a lot of cases, even beyond my own family and relatives, I used to be attacked for the things I knew. So, I mean, I have an aunt, uh, you know, uh, out of the city who used to call me an educated fool. She used to get angry at me. And I used to 
I was almost brought to tears when she used to say that. But now I, I know she just sort of did it because, as you say, she didn't understand a lot of the things I would say. Mm -hmm. And she would be like, well, how dare you? Who do you think you are among people that you can stand out above other people <laughs> and make them feel like they're nothing? And that wasn't my intention. It's just the way I communicated and said things. But in her own interpretation, she thought I was being a little too cocky and, you know, um, maybe just kind of... Um, getting people to, to pay attention to me instead of just wanting to listen to everyone in general, you know? She, so she saw me as a show-off. So she thought she'd put me in my place by attacking me. And so sometimes I would feel like even though I could say things and I could speak well, I had to silence myself around some people because I didn't want them to feel like I was trying to take the play away from them. Right. And that's you controlling the tongue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and James also talk about that in, in chapter three as well. Right. He talk about the tongue and, the, you know, we can all say things and we can all do things. But at the end of the day, what does that do for our character and what does it do for our integrity? Because we don't want to change that. Or maybe we do. I don't know. But at the end of the day, who are you when no one is watching? Now, Jackie, mm -hmm. just before we close, I want to I wanna know two things that I really don't know about you when I'm not around. What are the two things that you consistently do that I don't know? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I could say, I mean, you know a lot of them. I mean, first, <laughs> first of all, I'm a really bad singer. I think you know that. <laughs> oh, God, I yes. cannot hold a tune. Don't even try. I, I'm a really good dancer. I really practice dancing. I, I love to dance. Yeah, I, 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 that's part of exercise I do. But I think I'm a pretty good dancer. Like I think anytime I could rock my ass on TikTok and I can <laughs> hold my own with any of these younger people. So, I but I think you know that about me. I mean, we've been out socially, you know, at a wedding with friends or different things. And I think, I mean, I, I, I'm a pretty good dancer. I would say that if people left me on the dance floor, people would be paying attention. You know that I. But you say something you don't know about me. Um. Oh gosh, I think I was going to say I'm a, I'm a crazy big eater. I mean, oh, I, I can I eat know. a lot, but you know that too. Yeah, you know I eat a lot. Um, oh, okay. I guess I would say that I'm I'm extremely judgmental. I think I'm. Oh. I think I'm more. Oh, you know that. <laughs> oh my God! Don't even start with that one. We know, like that's your middle name, yeah, Jackie oh. Judgmental yeah, Campbell. <laughs> I know. But I, I'm very I'm very judgmental. I mean, honestly. And you would judge. Just about anything. You would critique just about anything. If a person walk a certain way or they have tattoos or even if they dress a certain way yes. or if they talk a certain way, you judge them. Yes, I do. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm a bit. And overly... that is something we talk about. Like you have to change that. And you, you do say I should change it because I really, I make that judgment before the person even opens their mouth or I get to know anything about them. And that is unfair to a certain extent. Yeah. But I do tend to be caught up with that, you know, and. I just, I'm not really sure. I, I think it really, again, starts in my family that I, I think I come from a very critical group of parents who can criticize anything, like from the evening news, you know, what the, what the anchor is wearing. How come she looks so terrible today? Or why, why does that hair color look so awful? So I think I, I just come in, in a family that I, I see that criticism. So I just pick it up naturally. But yet at the same time, I'm so weak when others criticize me. Mm, like, you know, I really, I yeah, I crumble. I handle it very poorly. Like I, I remember, you know, like if I'm say rocking a pair of jeans and somebody hates wide leg jeans, you know, if they make a remark like, why are you wearing wide leg jeans? I'm like, what? Get 
sometimes wear wide leg jeans, you know? I, I you like, get defensive. I get very defensive, yeah. So you so, see, so you don't like when the shoes is on the other foot? No, I really don't. I, I yeah. don't handle it at all. So Yeah, so, so thou shalt not judge. That's one of the things God yeah. says, right? Yeah, but I, I do do that. So and I think and that's, that's the failure. funny thing. The fact that you don't like certain things done to you but it's okay for you to do it to other people yeah, isn't that ironic it is very, and we yeah. all have that sort of uh, ability to hurt people with the things that we don't want to be hurt by yeah it's very true i can like i don't want people to lie to me but i may have lied a couple of times to other people yeah and would you lie to a best friend or a stranger who would you choose to lie to first probably a stranger right yes Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on the situation. It all depends on the situation. But at the end of the day, we want you to be who you are in front and behind. You have to be represent. If we're ambassadors for Christ, we can't be code switching like that. We can't be working for the devil at night and working for God at day. Well, you this know? is the thing. Like when James is talking about obedience to God, that's so important because when you're around your friends, even though you may go to church on a Sunday, do you just drop everything that God says in, in what it takes to be obedient to his word when you're at a party on, on a Saturday evening? Does your behavior all of a sudden throw all your Christian values out the window just so you can be accepted by your friends? I've done that before. Yeah. Or do you just sort of say, look, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Pardon the expression, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be, you know, the person who is, is looked upon as not wanting to have a good time and not being loose and carefree and easygoing. So I don't want to let people know that I really disagree with certain kinds of behavior that they're engaging in. It sometimes is a tightrope to walk. But I think, you see, I think that affected me earlier in my Christianity. That's why I wasn't able to become the person that I was supposed to be in terms of my spirituality. Because I would just switch on and switch off. If I'm, if I'm with a bunch of Christian, yes, I'll be singing, I'll be praying, I'll be doing all that. Not just going through the motion, but I will really be into it. Mm -hmm. But then you call me two hours later, Deborah, we're going to a party. Hey, <laughs> we're going, we're, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And I just, and I just find myself so all over the place, you know? And yeah. I think when James say, if you look in the mirror and you come back and you look at yourself again, and you're the same person when you left, that was me. But now, when somebody say, Deborah, hey, you want to do this? No, I don't want to do that because it does not glorify God in any way. Or if I think, if I, if I, I will think about it, depend on the situation mm -hmm. and where I'm going and who the person is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a bunch of men. Like, you know, the funny thing is now I'm so grounded in my spirituality. I find a bunch of men is just like crawling or around me. And I'm like, this is the devil. This is the devil. I'm not even looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to end up on that because I know that's going to be a huge distraction for me. And I tell them, I said, I'm on a spiritual journey. And they're like, I made up on a spiritual journey. I made up on a spiritual journey too. I said, what ya? <laughs> You're not on the same journey with me, okay? Yeah. But you just have to be who you are regardless of what situation or what person comes up. You cannot compromise that. And I said to them all the time, two things I will not compromise anymore. My spirituality and my health. Excellent. Yep. It means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. I value that. It's priceless. And as you say, this has come about because of the journey you've been on. You have seen what it's like when you deviate from 
your spiritual values. You just don't feel the same kind of fulfillment in your life, you know, and you don't look at things from the same perspective. I mean, one thing uh, obedience to God teaches you is a lot of gratitude. You know, you kind of approach life with this sense of uh, so much more satisfaction and appreciation for every little thing that you have. You know, you, you can't always, you know, see the negative and, and be such a grumbler and complainer because I've had moments like that where I always would look at the cup being, you know, half empty instead of half full. And I have changed a lot in that way. So I think that when you read God's word, it, it, like we've said all along in this discussion, it's so powerful because it addresses everything. And it starts with the most important thing, which is your mouth. What you talk about, you know, what you say to others, how you come across to others. Your skills from a communication standpoint are very important. And some people, as James's word says, you know, get rid of the filth and evil in your lives. Some people's mouths are really, really filthy. Oh my I mean, goodness. They cannot stop without every, without 10 swear words coming out of their mouth. Yes. In the first 15 words they use, you know, they are nasty, they are obnoxious, and they are rude. And that rudeness permeates every aspect of them, their lives. They alienate their families. If they're driving in a vehicle, they have to be abusive and rude, you know, and on and on it goes. And, and this filthy mouth is is a demonic it is demons that circle your life trying to dilute and uh discredit uh the word of god there's so many things there's so many things like you know i said to a couple of friends of mine the other day at work i said listen one of the things that i will not be participating anymore with you guys is gossiping i said you guys gossip too much and i don't want to be part of that and like yeah deborah you're right but then they'll come back. So anyways, I'm yeah. like, what did I just say? Yeah. And I believe I said the same thing to you, you as well. I was just going to interrupt and say, you did say that to me because I do tend to, to gossip, but gossip comes out of my normal conversation. So again, it's, it's something that's kind of intrinsic to me because if I'm just talking about someone, I always have to make reference. Oh, by the way, did you know that this person has a family member who's suffering from depression? Or did you know this person has a bit of a this fetish or this? <laughs> so all of a sudden it becomes, as you say, this gossiping session. So rather than just really, if you ask me a question, have you heard from so-and-so? Instead of me just saying, no, I haven't, you know, I, I might be a bit concerned because I haven't seen them anywhere. I don't know what they're doing. No, I have to give you this spiel <laughs> on, on what I've heard from someone about how their life has hit the Yes, skids which you know I'm not toilet, done with. <laughs> which you have to say to me, now stop the gossiping, Jackie. That is just not good. Cut it off there. I don't want to hear all of these negative little components. But again, I do have certain traits like that. Yeah. Well, you know, this has been a healthy conversation. See? I think it has. So, I mean, really, we take the lesson... That, you know, try not to be totally different from who you really are in person when you're behind closed doors. Yeah. And if you have an extreme judgmental personality, and so many of us do, myself included in a lot Mm -hmm. of respects, try, let's try to work on that. You know, let's make that commitment together to realize that we can't always judge a book by its cover. We have to give people a little bit of leeway. And even if the outward doesn't meet our standards, maybe we can learn to be a little bit more accommodating. Yeah. Everybody deserves a chance, you know, and, and I know that we're not perfect. And yes, sometimes we will sway and we would swag and we would, you know, fall and we will rise and all that stuff, but just be consistent with who you are because then it makes people respect you. It makes people trust you because they say, you know what? I know Jackie 
She is that kind of person. She is that stand-up type of girl. She is that woman. Yeah. And you want to be known as that woman, whether it's a good or bad. If you're going to be bad, be consistently bad. (laughs) If you're going to be good, be consistently good. That's all I'm saying. You know, I said what I said, but it's true. Just know who you are and don't be afraid to show who you are behind closed doors and in front of the public. Absolutely. My name is Deborah. And my name is Jackie. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you.